Remember the 90s? When MTV still meant music television? When people still bought CDs? When legends like Chris Cornell and Dimebag Daryl still rocked the earth? Well, you can go back to those halcyon years regularly with Sounds Like Teen Spirit, the ultimate 90s radio show podcast. On each episode, I review and play from the latest albums by decade-defining artists like Pearl Jam, Megadeth, and Primus, and discuss current developments with those artists, all amid a playlist of 90s and 90s-adjacent music, of course. Again, that sounds like Teen Spirit. New episodes premiere Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. on 89.9 KBGA Missoula, and past episodes are archived at kbga.org teen-spirit.
was Masters of Reality kicking off this program with Kill the King off their 1989 self-titled debut. Welcome to the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your pontifical host, Ian. This episode's got music from the likes of Anvil, Concrete Blonde, Pennywise, The Bloodhound Gang, Pulp, NWA, Fishbone, Elliot Smith, Garbage, and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Plus, I'm going to be reviewing and playing a song apiece from the new Yola Tango album, This Stupid World, released on February 10th, the new Godsmack album, Lighting Up the Sky, and new Fu Manchu EP, Fu 30 Volume 3, both released on February 24th, and the new Depeche Mode album, Memento Mori, and new Bouncing Souls album, Ten Stories High, both released on March 24th. I'll start with Yola Tango. New Jersey's Yola Tango is generally not one of the first names that gets thrown around in discussions of the 90s Alton indie scene, having assumed more of a shadowy omnipresence amid said scene, while artists like Pavement, Sonic Youth, and Modest Mouths were awarded the lion's share of credit for its fruition. The band never saw considerable exposure or had any real hits, but maybe it's time we finally gave them proper recognition for all they've done, for I feel their legacy has grown too big to ignore. Yola Tango initially formed in 1984, effectively making them elder statesmen of indie rock, and they've remained together all the while since, routinely putting out new albums every couple years or so for a total of 17 to date as of mid-February. Furthermore, the band's sound at its essence, with humble yet complex musicianship, charming lo-fi production, and experimental flourishes, is about as emblematic of 90s alt and indie as it gets. And when indie rock started to veer towards integrating synthesizers and other pop music elements around the turn of the century, Yola Tango was at the forefront of even that movement as well. At this point, the band have unquestionably left their stamp on the indie world, and they really no longer need to adhere to the normal two to three year album cycle to preserve their elevated status. That being said, releasing solid, career-affirming albums like 2023's This Stupid World certainly ain't gonna hurt it. This Stupid World is Yola Tango's first album since July 2020's We Have Amnesia Sometimes, so technically it's not even their first album of the COVID era. But whereas its predecessor was a series of five ambient jam sessions recorded spontaneously in the band's rehearsal space amid the quarantine heights of April 2020, this one's a proper and quintessential Yola Tango LP that the band worked on intermittently around COVID over the past few years. Despite the climate from which it was born, though, This Stupid World is not a pointedly political album. Instead, the band went for more of a celebratory and introspective tone, and the result is a reasonably well-rounded song collection sounding very much like Yola Tango being themselves while also channeling reverent influence from a good crop of their contemporaries. For starters, 7.5-minute opener Sinatra Drive Breakdown, which gets the album off to a rather strong start, really reminds me of the National Anthem. And no, I'm not talking about the Star-Spangled Banner. I'm talking about one of the standout cuts from Radiohead's Grammy-winning 2000 album, Kid A. In a manner comparable to the National Anthem, Sinatra Drive Breakdown superimposes a bunch of disjointed and often discordant guitar sounds over a relatively clean and melodious bass line, achieving the same strangely enticing effect in the process. Elsewhere on the album, tonight's episode feels like a bona fide eels cut, from the smooth groove upheld by the rhythm section to the way frontman Ira Kaplan effortlessly nails the calm, raspy vocal cadence of Mr. E. 
A Celestine, one of two tracks on which founding drummer Georgia Hubley sings lead, is soothingly reminiscent of Concrete Blonde. Until It Happens has all the crude charm of a ween song, particularly one from either the Mollusk or White Pepper albums, and Brain Capers tries on My Bloody Valentine's brand of fuzzed-out gothic shoegaze. This Stupid World closes out on a pair of seven-and-a-half-minute numbers, the prospect of which stirs excitement considering the quality of the one it opened with, but overall I found this final stretch to be the weakest section of the album. The first of these two songs, the album's title track, is my personal least favorite, a tuneless, highly repetitive slog that doesn't really go anywhere interesting over its interminable length. The closer, Miles Away, is practically an ethereal soundscape and sometimes sounds quite lovely, especially during the part in the middle where Hubley is singing, but though it's a definite step up from its immediate predecessor, it too wears out its welcome before long. Ultimately, this stupid world doesn't do a whole lot to move the needle for Yola Tango or stand out amid the band's vast discography, and it does become a tad monotonous towards the end, but it still packs in enough goodness to satisfy fans of both the band and the 90s alt and indie scene they helped to define. Alright, this next song I'm going to play is that aforementioned Eels-esque track, Tonight's Episode. Enjoy tonight's episode, folks!
This portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events in its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com. Too many to get in the drive. 
gotta come. If brothers and off to get it, nobody would be up with it. Appetite for destruction. For him to get a bit more ish, he gotta commit. Murder in the first degree of manslaughter. Taking the life of his wife and young daughter. A whole city of just if they look sucked up. Evans against his killing the straight hooked up. Whoever said what I'm saying, agree denying even what they're trying to feed. My appetite for destruction. Appetite is tremendous, so I'm gonna spin this. Track with some violence because they asked me to end this. Some trouble out of court cause I was nausea. Unfigured tried to take advantage because of the kamikaze. He took a swing from my head, thought I was faded. Start running for the door, but the fucker never made it. The sound of the nine went bang. And all over the wall was his mother make a brain. Cause I'm a dick and you can't sleep on. So set the alarm, cause I hit like a mother make a bomb. I do damage with a nine in my hand. But the average niggas that don't know me don't understand. I'm from the street, so therefore, you know I don't care for. A sucker that ain't down with the real. Yo, and that's the way that you gotta go. And even so, at any time that the nine wanna leave. I got a 38 hitting up the sleeve. And it's ready to go to war, cause that's what it's here for. I shoot down a million to begin to shoot one more. And that's a million and one that couldn't hang with the appetite Cause they wasn't rapping right, so I had to destroy Whoever was standing in my presence For fixing up the essence appetite for destruction Cops put a hurting on your ass, man, you know They really degrade you White folks don't believe that They don't believe cops degrade you Oh, come on, those beatings, those people are resisting a rap Check it out, y'all, in the house, y'all So I can show and flow and let the people know So won't you ease on down to the yellow brick road to Compton But first, let me show you something I possess the Ten Commandments of the hip-hop thugster
1992 album Separations. On this episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit, we mourn the loss of longtime pulp bassist Steve Mackey, who passed away on March 2nd at the age of 56. He had spent the preceding three months in the hospital fighting an as yet undisclosed illness. Mackey was not the founding bassist of Pulp and did not play on the band's first two albums released in the 80s, but he was present for the band's commercial peak from the mid to late 90s and then some. He first joined Pulp in 1989 and made his debut with them on the Separations album. From there, he went on to play on all of the four albums the band had put out since, remaining with them all the way up until their breakup in 2002. When Pulp reunited for a series of shows between 2011 and 2013, Mackey was with them for all that as well. 
Last year, Pulp announced a second reunion that is set to commence in the UK this summer with a handful of festival gigs and a small tour featuring support from Wet Leg and Richard Howley. However, Mackie declared that he would not be participating in these shows, electing instead to continue with the music, filmmaking, and photography projects he was then presently engaged in. Indeed, Mackie found his hands in a number of different pies outside of Pulp over the years, particularly as a producer. Shortly after Pulp's initial breakup, he formed a production and songwriting partnership with Ross Orton called Cavemen, and together they produced and remixed music for artists like M.I.A., Khalees, The Kills, The Horrors, and Corner Shop. On his own, Mackie produced the debut albums of The Long Blondes and Florence and the Machine, also co-writing several songs for the latter. Additionally, he recorded for Pulp frontman Jarvis Cocker's debut solo album and played in his touring band for a couple years, co-curated the music program of London's Freeze Art Fair for six years, and in 2016 started the Gorilla TV project Call This Number with Jeanette Lee from Public Image LTD and Douglas Hart from the Jesus and Mary chain. Steve Mackey remained a workhorse of the creative arts all the way till the end. May he rest in peace. Anyway, before Pulp, I played Appetite for Destruction by N.W.A. off their 1991 album N-Words for Life, Son of Sam by Elliot Smith off his 2000 album Figure 8, and Something Wrong With Me by Pennywise off their 2001 album Land of the Free. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Godsmack album, Lighting Up the Sky. I've always felt Godsmack to be more of a 2000s band than a 90s one, as they were undoubtedly at their most prolific during the aughts and didn't get their career off the ground until near the end of the 90s. Thus, I was legitimately unsure if I was going to review the new Godsmack album when the time came. However, by this point, nearly 8 years and almost 220 episodes into Sounds Like Teen Spirit 2.0, I have reviewed new albums by a number of late 90s debuters, including Slipknot Muse and Static X, so I feel like I've effectively opened the floodgates wide enough for Godsmack to burst through. And Godsmack, who took their name from an Alice in Chains song off the 1992 Dirt album, are arguably more 90s than any of those aforementioned bands. Their self-titled debut album, having dropped in 1998, gave them a solid year's head start on those bands, and multiple songs from that album, like Voodoo, Whatever, and Keep Away, rank among Godsmack's biggest hits and are still very much fixtures of their live sets. Furthermore, the band's signature sound, whether you'd call it hard rock, alt-metal, nu-metal, or post-grunge, is undeniably representative of a certain era in 90s rock history. All things considered, it ended up being rather easy for me to pounce on the opportunity to review Godsmack's supposed last album ever. No, Godsmack are not breaking up. They will still continue as a touring act for the foreseeable future. They're just moving on from the traditional album cycle and perhaps even from writing new music altogether. Of course, they could always change their minds about that down the road, as frontman Sully Erna has already suggested, but for the time being, 2023's Lighting Up the Sky is indeed all she wrote when it comes to Godsmack's music. 
The band largely approached the album as a swan song to their discography and thus placed a great deal of weight on its songwriting. So if I was ever going to review any Godsmack album on Sounds Like Teen Spirit, this would be the one to talk about. As a swan song, Lighting Up the Sky is fine, alternately suggesting that Godsmack have more or less played themselves out at this juncture, and that there's still room for them to expand their sonic palette if they ever feel inclined. The album takes after its 2018 predecessor, When Legends Rise, in that it chiefly adheres to more of a melodic hard rock style as opposed to the metal-tinged sound of the albums that came before. It's not an especially original or refreshing sounding album, but it does a reasonably good job juggling influence from a mix of Godsmack's forebears and contemporaries. For instance, opener and second single, You and I, easily one of the most distinct tracks on Lighting Up the Sky, sounds like something Chevelle might lead off an album with. What About Me contains the album's strongest hints of that Alice in Chains influence that spurred Godsmack into existence. Acoustic ballad Truth has all the gloominess and raw vulnerability of Seether, and epic semi-ballad Growing Old is the album's equivalent to Metallica's Fade to Black, and is a definite highlight despite perhaps needing a few spins before it really clicks. Alas, a troubling percentage of Lighting Up the Sky's tracks, including Hell's Not Dead, Best of Times, and even lead single Surrender, sound generic and interchangeable, and do little to stand out amid Godsmack's song catalog or the melodic hard rock landscape in general. It's enough to make me wish that the album brought Godsmack full circle instead of merely building off its predecessor. As it stands, we're just going to have to settle for the whispered lyrical references to the first album that can be heard during the outro to this one's closing title track. Ultimately, Lighting Up the Sky is a mostly satisfactory and fairly robust final outing for Godsmack, but it's far from their best album, as Erna has claimed it to be. I believe the band could surely go out on a higher note than this if they ever record a follow-up. Alright, this next song is the most rollicking one on the album and also my favorite. This is the third and most recent single from Lighting Up the Sky, issued as such on the same day as the album itself. It's called Soul on Fire. Enjoy!
Just let it go and devour me
The newest, the hottest, the most overproduced crap you've ever heard. All on KBGA Missoula. 9.9 She's sullen and too thin She starves herself to rid herself of sin And the kick is so divine when she sees bones beneath her skin And she says, hey baby, can you bleed like me? Come on baby, can you bleed like me? Chris is all dressed up and acting coy Painted like a brand new Christmas toy Trying to figure out if he's a girl or he's a boy And he says, hey baby, can you bleed like me? Should see my scars. 
No one moves. 
great as an 80s metal hair band thinks they are. College Radio is 89.9 FM, KBGA, Missoula. She knows it. 
Flaming Lips with Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots Part 1 off their 2002 album Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. I previously told you all about Les Claypool dusting off one of his old sidebands, the Flying Frog Brigade, for a tour that will be stopping by our own Kettle House Amphitheater July 7th. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. There are actually a great many 90s-minded concerts on deck at the Kettle House this summer. For starters, the Flaming Lips will be there on August 25th as part of a tour celebrating the 20th anniversary of Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, which will be playing in full at each stop. The band was last at the Amp in 2018, and they were set to play the Wilma in 2020 before COVID came along and huffed it all up, of course. That show was initially pushed back to 2021 before getting scrapped altogether. So if you bought tickets, I hope you were savvy enough to claim your refund because they will not be honored at this upcoming show. Additionally, Ben Folds will be at Kettle House Amp with Missoula Symphony Orchestra on August 2nd as part of a tour promoting his new album, What Matters Most, due out on June 2nd. That'll be Ben's first proper solo album in 15 years, given that his previous two albums were collaborations with other artists. Ben has performed in Missoula several times over the years, and was last here in 2019 for a co-headlining gig with Cake at the Amp. Train will be there on July 28th with support from Better Than Ezra. Train would have first played the Kettle House in 2020 if not for COVID, and again, tickets purchased for that previous cancelled show will not be valid for this new one. Better Than Ezra, on the other hand, previously played at Ogren Park in 2018 opening for Bare Naked Ladies. Alas, tickets for this upcoming show are already sold out. Counting Crows will be at Kettle House Amp on September 19th with support from Dashboard Confessional. I'm not sure that either band has ever played in Missoula before. Tickets for that show went on sale a few weeks ago and ultimately sold out within just two. The Pixies and Modest Mouse will be co-headlining the Amp on September 7th with support from Cat Power. This is unfortunately yet another sold-out show, and given that both headliners have proven that they can fill the Kettle House on their own, tickets for this outing move predictably fast. The Pixies previously sold out the amp in 2018, and Modest Mouse first played there in 2021 and were at the Wilma just this past November. However, this will be the band's first time back to Missoula since the death of founding drummer Jeremiah Green on New Year's Eve 2022. It would appear that Damon Cox, who stepped in as their touring drummer after Green bowed out of the last tour for health reasons in December, will remain behind the kit for this next run of dates as well. Finally, just last week it was announced that Incubus will be returning to the Kettle House on July 23rd with support from Badflower and Paris Jackson. They were previously there in 2019 as part of a tour commemorating the 20th anniversary of their 1999 breakthrough album, Make Yourself, which they played in its entirety at each stop. Okay, I realize that half the shows I just outlined for you guys are already sold out, and I certainly wish I could be informing you of them in a timelier fashion, but tickets for The Flaming Lips, Ben Folds, and Incubus should still be available right now for purchase at the Top Hat box office by phone at 1-800-514-3849 or online via eTix. Anyway, before The Flaming Lips, I played Sins of the Flesh by Anvil off their 1991 album Worth the Wait. A Sad Silence by The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones off their 1994 album Question the Answers. Bleed Like Me by Garbage off their 2005 album of the same name. And No Complaints by Beck off his 2006 album The Information. 
You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash slts2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Fu Manchu EP, Fu 30 Volume 3. Fu Manchu have been low-key celebrating their 30th anniversary with the Fu 30 EP series. This series was first announced in early 2020 and was to consist of three EP releases over the course of that year, each one containing three tracks, two originals and one cover. Fu 30 Volume 1 was issued in April 2020, but the remaining two volumes weren't exactly hot on its heels. The next Fu Manchu release turned out to be a standalone cover of the Rush classic Working Man in October 2020, and when that promised second volume of Fu 30 failed to materialize in 2020 and 2021, it was easy to assume that the EP series had been abandoned. However, Fu 30 Volume 2 finally ended up dropping in March 2022, and Volume 3, the subject of this review, came out just this past February, concluding the Fu 30 series more than two years behind schedule. Ultimately, Volume 3 averages out to be the best in the series. Although the single greatest track among the three EPs is undoubtedly the cover of the Doobie Brothers' Taking It to the Streets from Volume 1, Volume 3 does boast the strongest two originals of the lot. Don't get me wrong, the originals from the first two volumes were fine, but they felt like well-worn ground for Fu Manchu. Volume 3's originals, Overblower and Orb, sound a bit more refreshing and memorable, invoking the band's palpable Black Sabbath influence to great effect. Overblower, which almost feels like a Volume 4 or Master of Reality Sabbath cut, pivots abruptly into an epic instrumental breakdown that Tony, Geezer, and Bill would be proud of and orb traffics in that whole dynamic between subdued atmospheric verses and loud, doomy, heavily percussive choruses that commonly defined Sabbath's early work. As for Volume 3's cover song, Fu Manchu brought on clutch frontman Neil Fallon to belt out a rendition of the Plimsoll's 1983 hit A Million Miles Away. The original version had more of a catchy, upbeat, replacements-esque sound, and Fu Manchu's take does what countless Fu Manchu covers have done before and should continue to do in the future. Slows it down, adds layers of fuzz, and warps it almost beyond recognition. Fallon's guest turn certainly feels special, in part because Fu Manchu rarely ever employ guests, and also because he seems to be deliberately trying to emulate the singing style of regular frontman Scott Hill. And I gotta say, it's a rather uncanny impression. In a nutshell, Fu 30 Volume 3 may be every bit as fleeting as its other two three-song EP brethren, but it concludes the Fu 30 series on a high and will ideally pave the way for a killer new Fu Manchu LP down the road. Alright, I ultimately decided to play one of the two originals from the EP. This is the EP's opening track, Overblower. Enjoy! Let me see. 
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give something else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org.
lost. Everybody knows that the war is over. Everybody knows that the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight is fixed. The poor stay poor and the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows the boat is sinking. Everybody knows that the captain lied. Everybody's got this broken feeling. Like the mama or the dog just died. Everybody's hands are in their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows.
<laughs> now that I'm barren, KBGA is my baby. <laughs> and I'm an overbearing mother. Clean your room. Put your friend's mom on the phone. Floss harder. Just like your father. Straighten your back. Those grades aren't Ivy League. I said keep it locked to 89.9 KBGA Missoula. their 2001 album of the same name. During the last episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit, nearly a couple months back, I offhandedly mentioned that Fear Factory finished recording their first album with their new lead singer despite still not having revealed that person's identity. Well, little did I realize at the time just how close the band was to divulging that information. 
I suppose if I were a bit more observant, I would have known the mystery of Fear Factory's new frontman would not endure past February, as the band were set to commence their first tour with the guy by the end of that month, and of course it would have been kind of tough to keep a lid on it at that point. Sure enough, just a couple days after I aired that last episode, Fear Factory formally announced their replacement for original frontman Burton C. Bell, who departed the band in the fall of 2020 after serving with them for over 30 years. Guitarist Dino Cazares, now the band's sole leader and last remaining original member, revealed that he had auditioned roughly 300 people before landing on his choice. Milo Silvestro is an Italian musician who plays electronic metal under the alias Dead Channel, but he has also recorded videos of himself doing Fear Factory vocal covers, and that's what got Cazares' attention. As Silvestro tells it, I did a vocal cover, a soul of a new machine medley with, like, pieces of songs from that album. I decided to post it, just to get some people to see it, and fortunately enough, Dino was on that page, and he complimented me. He was like, oh, this is amazing, dude. I haven't been able to find any of the videos that got Silvestro noticed by the band, but he's been touring with them for over a month now, and thus there's plenty of footage out there of him singing Fear Factory songs live. Having watched a couple of these fan shot videos, I'm convinced that they've found the right man for the job. As a vocalist, Silvestro is almost a dead ringer for Bell, which is rather impressive when you consider all the unique vocal inflections Bell does. He has also apparently been emulating Bell's signature look on stage, which has undoubtedly helped make the transition easier for fans. Of course, I'd be better able to assess Silvestro's vocal chops if I could hear them in a studio context, but Fear Factory still have yet to release any singles from their newly recorded album with Silvestro, which is presumably coming out later this year. In the meantime, though, the band have something else coming down the pike. Deluxe reissues of two of their more recent albums, 2010's Mechanize and 2012's The Industrialist, the latter of which has been titled Reindustrialized and will feature live drums for the first time. Both reissues will use the original vocal tracks recorded by Bell, however, as opposed to featuring new ones from Silvestro. Reindustrialized will come packaged with six new bonus tracks, whereas the deluxe edition of Mechanize will include three. In the case of the latter, they are all re-recordings of earlier Fear Factory songs, which may or may not have been done with Silvestro, but it looks like we'll have to wait a bit longer to find out. Both of these reissues are due out June 23rd. Anyway, before Fear Factory, I played A Kiss Before by Candlebox off their 2008 album Into the Sun. Everybody Knows by Concrete Blonde off the 1990 soundtrack to the movie Pump Up the Volume and Bones by Radiohead, off their 1995 album, The Bends. You're still continuing to listen to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2, and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to review and play a song from the new Bouncing Souls album, Ten Stories High. For their first album of original material in almost seven years, the Bouncing Souls did something rather different. They adapted the stories of ten of their fans into songs. Like a lot of art released thus far in the 2020s, this project was born out of pandemic conditions. With quarantine forcing the band off the road, and its members being spread out between three different states, the Bouncing Souls needed to figure out alternative means to keep the band going in the face of all this forced downtime and distance. 
The band members became more active on social media and eventually gravitated towards the crowdfunding platform Patreon as a means to help offset their anticipated revenue loss. Ten fans who paid for the top tier of the Bouncing Souls Patreon got a private Zoom call with the band, and then the band would spin the content of those conversations into song lyrics, record a custom song for each fan, and send them all a digital copy and 7-inch record of their respective songs. This was merely conceived as a way for the Souls to stay connected to their fans, and wasn't initially intended to culminate in an album. However, they ended up sending the songs to producer Will Yip, who then told them, This is definitely a record, and so now we have the brand new Bouncing Souls album, Ten Stories High. And you know what? It turns out this novel, off-kilter approach to songwriting can yield a notably more engaging than average punk album. Seeing that each of these songs was essentially created in a vacuum, they feel for the most part pretty distinct from one another, and having an underlying concept to tie them all together certainly makes things more fun. The stories conveyed between these ten songs range from humorous to heartwarming to tragic. On the lighter side of the equation, for instance, Higher Ground was inspired by a Vermont fan who was watching a Frank Turner livestream after having too much to drink when he saw an ad for the Bouncing Souls Patreon, mistakenly believed the band was selling tequila, decided he wanted to buy a bottle, and ended up getting that Zoom call instead. On the more somber side, Vin and Casey tells of a fan who was introduced to the Souls and other punk bands by some now-deceased friends, and now uses those bands as a means of remaining close to those friends. All in all, Ten Stories High plays like a moving celebration of punk rock and the fans who help create a sense of community within that scene. Honestly, the album's only major shortcoming is, well, that it's short. Sure, ten songs is a pretty standard length for an album, but ten punk songs tend to go by in a flash. Indeed, these ten only total roughly 25 minutes, which would technically make this EP length, but if the most damning thing you can say about an album is that you wish there was more of it, then that's pretty fortunate. Alright, this next song is about a punk rock couple that met on Grindr and discovered that they attended practically all the same shows over the years. I think it might be my favorite from the album. This song's called Andy and Jackie. Enjoy!
people love one another Cause living your life can be tough It's better people speak to each other The saying is not enough If everybody came alive and stayed alive And lived their lives instead, yeah Come outside and feel the light It's cold inside but it's lonely in your bed In your bed And you thought we might be But what you heard before Was only sleeping in your brain But if you came with me The days that never end Will never be the same It's better people love one another Cause living your life can be tough It's better people speak to each other The saying is not enough Everybody came alive and stayed alive and lived their lives instead, yeah. So come outside and feel the light, it's cold inside and it's lonely in your bed, in your bed. And you thought we might be, but what you heard before is sleeping in your brain. But if you came with me, the days that never end will never be the same. They'll never be the same. They just go by a different name. They'll never be the same. All like the radio station, College Radio, 89.9 FM.
asked him, why do you do the things you do? He said, I don't know what I'm going through. I rise and fall, a human cannonball. I wreck it all, a human cannonball. I rise and fall, a human cannonball. I wreck it all, a human cannonball. That's all.
God. And whenever I'm in Missoula, which is always because I'm omnipresent, I listen to all the radio stations at the same time, including KBGA. KBGA Missoula, 89.9.
soundtrack to the 1989 Cameron Crowe film Say Anything, a.k.a. the one where John Cusack holds the boombox above his head. Fishbone are coming back in a big way this year. The band have not released an album since 2006 and last issued an EP in 2014, but right now their needle is moving. Fishbone recently signed to NoFX frontman Fat Mike's new label, Bottles to the Ground, and on February 23rd, they dropped their first new song in almost a decade, All We Have Is Now, a quintessential and especially sunny Fishbone jam. It's the band's first song to feature founding keyboardist and trombonist Christopher Dowd since 1993, and it serves as the lead single from Bottle Music for Broken People, a sampler compilation of artists on the Bottles to the Ground label that was released the same day. What's more, the band will be coming out with a new EP sometime later in 2023 to be issued on both Bottles to the Ground and Fat Mike's old label, Fat Records, though it is presently unclear if the recent single will be part of it. At any rate, the upcoming EP, just like the new single, is also being produced by Fat Mike. In a press release, Fishbone's Norwood Fisher said the following about the partnership. We're in the Mutual Admiration Club. Great appreciation for our individual approaches to the music that we're known for. I don't remember exactly when Fatty first expressed interest in producing Fishbone, but it seems like it was a long time ago. A random encounter in a parking lot in more recent history led to the current song. Mike's bat-ish crazy but highly functional, with incredible integrity and follow-through. Just right for Fishbone's bat-ish crazy, dysfunctional world. As I'm sure you'd expect, I'll do my best to keep tabs on the new Fishbone EP so that I can review and sample it for you after its release later this year. Anyway, before Fishbone, I played No Hard Feelings by the Bloodhound Gang off their 2005 album Hefty Fine, Human Cannonball by the Toadies off their 2017 album The Lower Side of Uptown, and It's Better People by Oasis off the 1995 single Roll With It. And that about wraps up a chocolate-coated episode of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I've been your host, Ian. 
I'll be closing out this one with my review and a song from the new Depeche Mode album, Memento Mori. I guess I should start this off by addressing the elephant in the room. Less than a year ago, we lost one of the founders of Depeche Mode and one of the core trio that had remained in the band since the beginning, keyboardist Andy Fletcher, aka Fletch. Usually when a key member of a long-established band dies, it has the effect of at least momentarily derailing the band, sometimes ending it altogether, and if not, irrevocably changing the band going forward. Just look at the Foo Fighters. They had all these grand plans for 2022, and then Taylor Hawkins unexpectedly died in Columbia, and all of it went right out the window. I'm sure there were multiple points that year where Dave Grohl came within a hair of dissolving the Foo Fighters for good, but in the end, they announced that they would be cautiously moving forward in 2023, and now, everything they do for the rest of their history will be markedly different from what they would have done if Hawkins had lived. On the flip side, though, death sometimes serves as a catalyst for the affected band, kicking the survivors into gear to build a loving tribute to their fallen friend that would ideally also help hold the band together in the face of its devastating loss. And I believe that's precisely what happened with Depeche Mode. At the time of Fletch's death, Depeche Mode was more than five years out from their last album, they hadn't played any shows in four years, and their next album was in the very early preliminary stages, if anything. In a nutshell, they barely had a pulse. Who knows how much longer we might have waited for the band's 15th album, or what it might have been, had Fletch stayed alive, but in this timeline, the surviving duo of Dave Gahan and Martin Gore came roaring back to life to feverishly complete the album in Fletch's memory. The end result, Memento Mori, was undoubtedly heavily shaped by his passing. The specter of death hangs all over this dark and brooding record. Its title is a Latin phrase, meaning, remember that you'll die. Several songs confront the subjects of death and mortality head-on, and even some of the songs that aren't really about death still incorporate lyrical references to it, like, you'll be the killer, I'll be the corpse, from Don't Say You Love Me. I realize that I may have just made the album sound like a total bummer, but that's actually far from the truth. In fact, a surprising number of these songs can be rightfully called bangers, more than were present on the previous Depeche Mode album, 2017's Spirit, anyway. All in all, there is a reasonably good amount of song variety on Memento Mori, and each track contributes something of its own to the whole. Unusual opener, My Cosmos is Mine, is a murky, somewhat discordant electro-industrial grind, sounding almost as if the band had been huffing from Trent Reznor's bag. Wagging Tongue is destined to be the album's next single, if this world makes any sense at all. The aforementioned Don't Say You Love Me is slow and sultry and absolutely sounds like something you might hear at the beginning of a James Bond movie. Never Let Me Go is as perfect an approximation of that mid-80s Depeche Mode sound as this album's got. Soul With Me stands out by being the album's lone lead vocal turn from Martin Gore, and Caroline's Monkey, one of four tracks co-written by Psychedelic Furs frontman Richard Butler, is just one of the best goddamn Depeche Mode songs I've ever heard, plain and simple. There honestly isn't a single throwaway track to be found on the album, and at 12 songs totaling roughly 50 minutes in length, it makes for a hearty meal. Overall, Memento Mori is a real home run of a Depeche Mode album, and this was an especially important one for the band to knock out of the park. I cannot imagine a single fan being dissatisfied with it, and to echo something Dave Gahan said last October, Fletch would have loved the album indeed. Alright, as much as I would have liked to play Caroline's Monkey right now, I think this next song ultimately makes for a better show closer. 
This is the 10th song on the album and another one of my faves, Always You. Farewell and Happy Easter. And then, then. 